Welcome to today's edition of the College Experts Talk podcast, the resource for parents and students navigating the college planning process. Felicia Gopal, founder of collegefundingresource.com and creator of the College Decision Navigator System, talks with world-class college planning experts who openly and honestly share the triumphs and challenges families face every day in helping their children get into and pay for the colleges of their choice. We want you to feel like you're sitting down with our experts and getting their best ideas without paying their considerable consulting fees. So sit back and relax as Felicia interviews others about the issues and concerns of selecting colleges, competing for a coveted place in a class, and ultimately paying for the colleges that admit your kids. This is Felicia Gopal of College Funding Resource, and today I'll be interviewing Janae Sasso of Faithful Assistance Online. It's Faithful Assistance Online. Oh, the Online Financial Empowerment Center. Empowerment <laughs> Center. I apologize for that. That's and she's okay. also the host of Protect the American Dream. Today, Janae is going to be sharing with us. She works with parents all the time in her business. And today, we're going to be talking about conversations she would be having with parents about them balancing all of their financial needs and college. So today, welcome aboard. Thank you for being on the phone call, Janae. Let's get started. Okay, thanks for having me. Well, Janae, really where I would like to start is how did you get started doing what you do? Well, the short of a long story, (laughs) I actually started working with families in financial crisis as a real estate agent. And this is before foreclosures and all these things were so rampant and realtors were excited to work with families in this manner. I actually enjoyed it and knowing that I would not make as much money as other colleagues in my field, but I enjoyed coaching people. I didn't know it was coaching then, but I enjoyed coaching people through that very difficult process and helping them to strategize as to how to best deal with it and so that they can make some good choices. It's a very emotional time and often money is very emotional and uh, a lot of times we end up making not quite the best choices for our situations because we are so emotionally tied to our money. So starting in real estate was really how I got my beginnings and then I also was an investment advisor and just kept seeing the same habits over and over with how people handle their money and I just decided that I had to come up with a creative way of how to help people through these very basic money management issues that they were having so that they could go on to sit down with a professional like a real estate broker, like a financial advisor, and begin to implement a lot of the strategies that we so often as financial professionals suggest. But many of us find that people cannot really implement them because they are dealing with some very strenuous issues. Okay, okay. So basically what, if I understand correctly, you help people kind of pre-college, pre-buying a house, pre-buying a new car, pre-any of those sorts of things in terms of really kind of getting their finances together to get them ready for the next step. Is that an accurate depiction of what it is that you do, or is that a little bit too narrow? That's that's exactly right. People come to me. They come to me before they make any of those big decisions and to make sure that they're ready for them, and if they are ready for them, to make sure that they make the right choices when determining 
you know, how their cash flow is going to be affected by these decisions. Well, then it sounds like what you help people do is set their financial priorities. So how important is it that families set financial priorities? And because we often have got very competing needs, you know, our own retirement, our kids' college, buying a new car, moving into a bigger house. How important is it that you set priorities in terms of all of those competing needs? Well, you have to have first an overall vision for where you want to go and where you want your family to be. And based on your vision, you need to be making and setting priorities that are going to best help you to achieve that vision, that ultimate vision. So often people make, it's not so much the wrong choice, but it's not necessarily the best choice for what they really desire to accomplish. And, you know, people come to me not because they're trying to make the right choice versus the wrong choice, but they're trying to make the best choice because they desire to accomplish a particular goal. So setting priorities is very important, but first, before you can even set the priorities, you have to know where you're going, and then once you know where you're going, you have to be committed to doing what it takes to get there. Yeah, I know that setting priorities is key and important in terms of college or any other sorts of goals. So how can parents save for college without upsetting their budget? Well, they would need to include that college savings as a priority, and they need to make it a priority if, in fact, it is. I mean, I sit down with many families, and they have not saved the money that they would like to have saved for their children's education, and they usually don't acknowledge this until it gets closer to the time that it's time for their children to go off to college, and then they start panicking, and they want to raid their retirement accounts. They want to cash in their home equity, and they want to just do all these extreme things to fund this vision that they had but did not or was not able to stick to a plan initially to get it done. So it puts them at a great disadvantage, and it causes them great hardship financially and emotionally because they are put between a rock and a hard place. They have to choose. But as I said earlier, if funding your college education for your children is important and you really strongly believe that you want to, whether, you know, you want to pay half of it, maybe you want to pay 100%, determine how much you want to contribute and then make it a priority and see how it measures up against the other things that we like to do, the bigger house, the, the nicer car. Maybe you don't need to scale up on the house. Maybe you don't need to scale up on the car. Uh, maybe you can just ride a Toyota instead of getting the BMW, you know, until after the children are out of school. But you have to determine how important is it to you to fund your children's education and how much of the education costs do you want to fund. So when you're working with a family, can I ask you to just kind of walk me through, if you were helping a family make some of those choices between buying a bigger house or getting a new car, saving for their kids' education, how do you kind of walk them through determining what's really a priority? Because at first, I imagine for a lot of people, it seems like everything is a priority. Oh, yes, everything is a priority, especially when you don't have enough resources to go around. That's always a challenge for everyone. Well, first, I examine people's cash flow. I'm looking at their budget. For most people, they may not have a budget or 
that they do have a budget, it's not a budget that is effective, meaning it doesn't tell them the who, what, when, where, and how, or why. It's just sort of a laundry list that kind of just outlines the fact that at the end of every month, they have ended up in the red. So. We need to sit down with them and really put together an effective budget that's going to answer all those questions, that's going to give them instruction as to what to do, when to do with their money when it comes in, and how to allocate it so that it begins to function the way that they desire in order to accomplish their goals. And so I sit down with a family. I've designed them a budget. I help them to sort through and get over a lot of those emotional dilemmas that they may have within the relationship between husband and wife, within the relationship between the parent and the child, because as we have discussed, uh, Felicia, over several different conversations, people, you know, want the best for their children, and college education is important, but during the high school years, during the elementary school years, you know, children want designer clothes, they want to travel with their friends, they want all these different things to keep up with what's going on in their high school and middle school lives, and we as parents have to make a decision, and I think that my job as a financial life coach is to help parents to stand strong and stand firm in what they have determined to be a priority, and to help their children to understand how to keep things a priority and how to make sure that they understand how this all comes together and how this is all going to be beneficial to their overall future. So sitting down with families and helping them to set priorities is never easy, but it's something that has to be done if, in fact, they want to accomplish the goal of college savings and college funding. Well, I know that one of the things that you mentioned, which is do you want to save for half of your son or daughter's education or all of your daughter, how much should families save towards their child's college education? I believe it depends totally upon what your capability is. Of course, I believe that, you know, you should not forfeit your retirement savings to fund a child's education. And Felicia, you Isn't that said, kind of controversial uh, when you talk to, to parents? Oh, yeah. That's like, what do you mean? I mean, I, I've had a couple say, you know, today we can't work with you because we just we can't fathom how we're going to do this. Um, because I told them, well, your child can get a job, they can do work study, they can look for scholarships, but they did not want to do that in their culture. And it was a cultural issue for them. In their culture, they were taught that it's the responsibility of the parent to totally fund their child's education. And therefore, because of cultural reasons, they could not understand what I was explaining to them. And um, oftentimes what I explain to parents, even when it comes to cultural reasons, I explain to them that, let's look at it this way. Either way, your child is going to have to pay or make a sacrifice to get the college education that they have decided that they want. Either they're going to pay now or they're going to pay later. And most people say, what do you mean? They're either going to pay now by working their way through and paying for partial or the entire amount of their funding, depending on the capability of their parents and what they're able to do, or if you as the parent forfeit your retirement funding to pay for this college, guess who's going to have to flip the bill when you become too old to work or 
disabled, or God forbid, you pass away and leave one spouse that you have not provided for as far as health care and just survival, period. The child is now what they call the sandwich generation, responsible for their parents, and they become responsible for their own families. And what a stress that puts on them to have to choose, do I feed my family or do I feed my parents? It's, it's not a choice that anybody should have to make. But if parents choose to forfeit their retirement savings, they run the risk of putting that child and that child's future under that type of pressure. Hmm. And I imagine a conversation like that might turn around at least some parents from the feeling like they've got to fund all of their kids' education. Oh, yeah. For some parents, they can understand that and they can appreciate, you know, what I've shared with them. Um, and then for other people, they just don't, they don't see the reality until it comes, until it's made itself known. And unfortunately, it's too late by then and it's not much you can do in that situation. But for most parents, they can totally appreciate the advice that I give them, when it, you know, in reference to that. Okay. So if a family faces a financial crisis, is it realistic for them to make college savings a priority, or should you just at that point say, you know, you're on your own, work steady, working, however you get through is how you get through? I believe that it depends on at what stage has a crisis happened. Obviously, what things would you say are a financial crisis? Well, one, if you're in a lot of debt, if the parents are in a lot of debt, it's going to be quite hard for them to begin to save, not only for the college, but even for themselves because they have all this money just going out the door because they've accrued a lot of debt. And if they don't change their behavior and their habits, they're going to be fighting this demon for a very long time until they're willing to stand up and say, I'm not going to do this anymore. But for many of my families, they generally are in some type of debt. They are dealing with some kind of financial crisis, whether it's a family member became disabled or temporarily out of work, and so there's a lack of income or what have you. It depends on what stage of their lives they're in. Maybe they saved up since birth, you know. That's for the, the parents that are just doing a wonderful job. But I haven't met too many of those that have really started to save consistently anyway from birth. But say they have and say they ran into a problem, which we all do. At that point, continuing their savings plan should not be that difficult. They may have to scale down for a short period until they get over the hump, fine. But for most people that I run across, they haven't saved a penny. And by the time they think about it, again, the kids are ready to go off to college and they're dealing with a lot of debt. They're dealing with cash flow issues. And at that point, Again, they have to begin to look at where's your retirement? What have you saved and provided for the stability of your own lives going forward and not just concentrate on the child? And it's, a, again, a very hard decision, but I would not say that college savings or being able to contribute is totally out the window, but with a little time and discipline on their part, they should be able to get back on the road of being able to contribute something. Now, how much that, again, is going to be determined about by 
by how much of a sacrifice they are willing to make as far as changing their behavior because if they're in debt, what have you, they're there for a reason. So it's not just because they lost a job. For most people, they live beyond their means to begin with. So we have to examine a lot of those different issues as to how they got there and if, in fact, if they change their behavior today, what's the likelihood that they would be able to make a significant contribution to their child's education. Well, in your conversations, do you also talk to them about private school versus public school, or is it really up to them about making choices today about paying down their debt so that they're in a position to save more so that they can turn their attention to college? I'm just really Uh kind of understanding how credit card debt affects the family's ability to pay for college. Well, what normally happens is when a person is in some type of financial crisis, they begin to scale back. You know, maybe they had dreams of their child going to Harvard or Princeton, but soon while we're having this conversation, they're saying, well, Harvard and Princeton are out, and they assume that it's going to be a state or public college. So they kind of make that decision. They're not, I haven't had too many instances where people are just saying, you know, it's going to be Harvard or Princeton. First of all, your child has to qualify to get into those schools. So people kind of they change their attitude as to the stigma that's attached to their child not going to a private school versus a public school. They'll become very willing to do what needs to be done just so that their child can get an education. But they, as a parent, just want to know that they're able to make some type of a contribution to their child's education. So we'll sit down again and look at their cash flow and see how fast they can get over this particular crisis, whatever it may be, and how fast they can get onto the route of recovery, I say, and then put college savings as a priority at that point and not going into debt to buy things I don't need because we have to make a choice here. Do we want to continue to buy things that we don't need so that there's no money to pay for college, or do we want to make the sacrifice and tell ourselves no so that there is more money available to contribute to the child's college education? So everything that I keep hearing you say is it's about choices and it's about priorities. So is there a choice between, you know, retirement first or college savings first, or would it really just kind of depend on the family? And what really would be the the ultimate consequences of making the wrong choice if you were looking at retirement savings versus college savings? Yeah, it depends on the individual family and what their cash flow situation is. I mean, I have people will tell me when they come first sit with me that they don't have any money. I've heard it as a real estate agent, I've heard it as a financial advisor, and I'm hearing it as a financial life coach. Everybody says they don't have any money. And what I normally say to people is, I don't believe you. And they say, what do you mean you don't believe me? I can't pay this, I'm having trouble paying that, and blah, 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 blah. They tell me the whole story. But when I put together their budget, what I call a bare bones budget, I say, if you're making this amount of money and you have this basic necessities that you need, your house that you have or your apartment or the car that you drive, just basic things, you could make it and still have money left over. But it's those added luxuries that we don't 
recognize to be luxuries, whether it's the eating out, whether it's the shopping, going out to the mall every week, whether it's just giving little Johnny or little Susie $50 here, $20 there to go get pizza or whatever they're going to do. Money has a way of getting away from us, and it leaks from our pockets if we don't become aware of where it's going. So I try to help people to identify those leaks. Where could you take those? It's all about just reallocating dollars. Instead of taking the money and putting it over here, why don't we take this amount of money and put it over here? You want to save for retirement. You want to save for college. I believe you can do both. But it's going to require you to give up some other things until now you can find a way to earn additional income. And that's so is also that part, part of, of my job. What part of what you talk to parents about is get another job or get a better paying job? I mean, is that all part of the conversations that you're having with parents as they're starting to set priorities and move forward? Well, that's what I call building wealth. That's when you get into the wealth strategies. You know, you read books, David Bob, you read Susie Orman, you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, all those books, which are a lot of the books that I reference when I'm coaching people in sessions, is wealth principles. What people really want is not the money. They want the freedom to do the things that they would like to do. But how are you going to position yourself to do that? And it's not always getting an additional job. That may be a temporary fix for your situation. But ultimately, people want wealth. That means they want to be afforded opportunities that right now their bank accounts are not allowing them. So it's also my job to help them to maximize the cash flow that they have at this point in time, but also help them to position themselves and to strategize how they're going to be able to attain the amount of wealth that is needed for them to live the life that they would desire. And sometimes it's starting a business. Sometimes it is getting another job. But there's different strategies that one can use. And, again, if you listen to shows and you read books, they talk about it all the time. But many of those people are not sitting with you as I am on a one-on-one and really you walking you through the process. It's kind of, I'm telling you what to do, now you go and do it. And uh, for a lot of people, that doesn't work for them. They need someone to really be there to support them and to walk them through each and every step and just to serve as a guide along their journey. Yeah, because it's kind of like, you know, you can read a book on how to lose weight, but you really need somebody coming in there who's getting you out of bed, telling you to put down the cookies and get the walk in or doing exercise. So it's not just enough to have the knowledge. It's about applying the knowledge that you have in in a one-on-one basis. So you're really their coach and their guide in this whole process. So why don't you tell me a couple of success stories, people that you've worked with successfully over time who might have had college as their ultimate goal or beefing Mm -hmm. up their retirement as their ultimate goal. Oh, sure. I remember specifically one young lady, she came to me because she wanted to leave her husband. And I also work with a lot of women who have never been in control of their finances and stayed in abusive relationships simply because they did not know how to take care of themselves financially. And this young lady came to me because she was ready to make that move. She couldn't take the abuse anymore, and she came to me in secret, and she said, Janae, you just got to show me how to take care of myself, you know, 
know she had four children, and her husband is the primary breadwinner. He made way more than she'd ever made since she's been married, and she really depended on that money. And her income, it was not even enough for her to pay her mortgage. So she really had to do some serious planning and, and strategizing. But this particular young lady was so focused. I mean, every time I told her, turn left, turn right, she did it. And within like six months, this lady, she saved over $10,000. She set up savings accounts for each of her children. You know, she had the money going there automatically. And she's even been able to pass down a lot of the strategies and techniques that I've taught to her onto her children that now her children help her to make better decisions because they're not putting pressure on her to provide them things because she showed them the value of money. And so now that she's divorced and she's on her own, her and her children now work together. And as young as they are, they're not teenagers either. I think the youngest might be six and the oldest might be 11 or 12. And they really work as a team to help their mom reach their goals because they understand that if she does well, they will do well. And so I've been amazed by her and her ability to just overcome some very tough challenges. As a matter of fact, she's still in her home, the home that when she first came to me, I'm looking and saying, how in the world are you going to keep this house? Because you know this man is going to take all the money. He's going to try to do everything he can to sabotage what you're trying to do. And she's been able to keep up with those payments. You know, she's started her own business. And she's just done a lot of amazing things to keep herself going. And she still faces challenges, but she's been able to stay on, on course, implement her budget. And now she's moved on to sitting down with someone like yourself or another financial professional to help her to show her the next step in acquiring wealth. So she's an excellent case. Um, I also had a couple, they made plenty of money. They had their own business. The only problem was that the money was just going in so many directions they couldn't keep track of it, and so bills were not getting paid that should have gotten paid, and the cash flow was not being managed properly. And after they worked with me for several months, they were able to pay their bills, get out of their debt. I helped them to set a debt repayment schedule, and they just took it one by one and just paid it down because the bottom line was the money was there. It was just the fact that it was not being allocated to the right areas that it needed to go to accomplish the job that it was supposed to accomplish. And I tell people, give your money a purpose before it gets into your hands because once it gets into your hands, it's going to be very tempting to do all kinds of things with it that what you did not initially intend for it to do. So have a plan, have a vision, have a plan, and implement the plan. I love what you just said. I love give your dollars a purpose. I think that that would be really key and, and important, not just with paying for college, but any other types of goals that you have. That's really, I'm going to steal that if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, sure. you know, uh, <laughs> I was just like, I can imagine having a conversation with somebody and really just being able to kind of have them shift their thinking with words that powerful. So I thank you for that. The other thing I wanted to just kind of circle back around and ask you about is, tell me a little bit more. I'm a little bit intrigued by the bare bones because you said that people have enough money for just about anything. It's a matter of their priorities and how they currently spend their money. So if you were talking mm -hmm. about putting together a bare bones budget, I think that's what you called it, what mm -hmm. sorts of things go into that? You mentioned housing, mortgage, or rent, but what other sorts of things might go into that? 
Well, your car, oh, I don't tell people to take away their car and, you know, I tell people diets don't work. So we're not going on a diet here. We're just reallocating funds. So we know that you currently have somewhere to live, so that's part of the bare bones budget. We know that you probably drive a car, so that's part of the bare bones budget. We know that you have life insurance. Hopefully you have some, especially if you have children. So we know that that's part of your bare bones budget. Your retirement funding, your health and coverage, any of those things that are necessary for you to function in everyday life. Now, the extra things are things like, you know, your satellite radio, your direct TV, your cell phone that your children have to have because you have to get in contact with them 24 hours a day because, you know, parents don't teach their children to come home before they go back out. I mean, when I was little, I couldn't go anywhere from straight from school. I had to come home. My mother and my grandmother had to see my face, and then I had to do my homework. And then if I did everything I needed to do at home, I would be sent on my way if I was lucky. But parents don't do that anymore, so we have a family of four or five or six, and each child has a cell phone, and the text bill is $700, and we just have all these extra things, ballet and piano and Spanish lessons, and we could go on and on. And so those things, those extracurricular activities, all those extra bills, I don't consider to be bare bones. Those are luxury items that we have turned into necessities. And so we're just looking at the very bare minimum, your housing, your car note, your car insurance, your life insurance, certain basic things that you need to have in place before you even start to venture or obligate your family to anything else. You know, people, they have all these other things, but they don't have life insurance because they don't have the money, but they have the money to do the satellite radio and the direct TV and all that sort of stuff. But where is the priority in that? It's interesting that you should say that because as you were talking, I was just like, but they need the Spanish lessons because they need, I'm, I'm having these conversations in my mind, but they need the Spanish lessons so that they will be ready for society as they go out into the world. They need the swimming lessons because they need to be able to swim. And I, you know, I'm having these conversations. Now, you know I'm in this field, so I should not be having these conversations. But I, it, it's amazing how after you've put them into your lifestyle that you really start to hold them as required. You've got to have them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and it's, not, and it's not that you can't have them, but what are you going to sacrifice so that you can have them and enjoy them without it devastating your family financially? You know, I had to make choices with my own son. He was in a very affluent school. Finances got tight, and he was getting ready to go to the upper grades, and the tuition was getting ready to double. And we couldn't afford it. We had to look ourselves in the mirror and say, we cannot afford this tuition. Not now. And we spoke to the principal, the headmaster, and we said he may return, but our budget is not allowing. And we had to make a tough choice. And that doesn't mean that he'll never go back to a private school again. It's just that at this point in our lives, it doesn't make financial sense because we would be putting ourselves in harm's way, and it doesn't make sense for us to do that at this time. When we're able to afford it, we will provide him with that type of education. And we have to sit in a public school. The only thing we've had to do is just be a better parent 
parents because he is in public school. We have to stay a little bit more on top of things to make sure that he gets what he needs. But it's not that he can't get it. It's just that it requires a little bit more of our time and patience to make sure that he gets what he needs. So, you know, you can make things work, and there are plenty of brilliant people out here that did not go to private school, so <laughs> we'll survive. <laughs> I didn't go to a private school, and a lot of people I know did not go to private school. So uh, it's funny because once you put your kids in private school, it's, again, it becomes a necessity, and you really have to keep talking to yourself. I, I can see that I need to probably give you a phone call when I'm thinking about buying something <laughs> to see if, is this a necessity or is this a, you know, is this a choice that I'm making here? So thank you. I appreciate that. So you've covered a lot of things in this conversation. Do you have any kind of final thoughts that you really want to kind of leave everybody? Sure. I want people to get a vision for their life. Where do you see yourself? What do you want to accomplish ultimately? What does financial success mean to you? Does it mean that you have to have a million dollars in the bank? Or does it mean that you just want to be able to take a vacation or retire when you would like? What does it mean? Define it so that you're not wasting time pursuing something that's not for you, that you really don't desire. And then I tell people, if you want the 5,000 square foot house and the Bentley in the garage, determine what sacrifices you're going to make in order to make that happen and be realistic with yourself. And once you have that vision and you have the understanding of where you want to go, put the plan together and follow the plan. Make it happen regardless of what's going on around you and all the temptations to detour because there are going to be plenty of them. But have the vision, write the plan, and stick to it. I'm sorry. I'm going to ask you a couple more questions that kind of came out of what you just shared with me. So when sure. you're talking to people about putting aside, doing, making commitments, do you also have conversations with them so that things happen automatically so they don't have to sit down, write a check because the check never gets written, or do you generally talk to them about setting things up automatically, putting money into your retirement plan automatically, putting money aside for your kids' college savings automatically, putting money aside for whatever else you determine to be a priority? Do you usually have the conversations with them about setting it up automatically so that what's left is kind of their play money, if you will? Exactly, and um, I have a, a wonderful strategy that I do with people, but the automatic deductions, that's the easiest way to get it out of their hands and out of their sight <laughs> so they're not tempted to, to spend something that they should not spend in that particular way. But, yeah, I do speak with them about that, and I do have them come up with a figure that will provide them the ability to live life but at the same time accomplish their goals. So in our budget, we're going to determine how much every month or every time they get paid they need to do some of the things that they enjoy doing. Because I think the worst thing that you can do is, again, to put yourself on a diet that restricts you from doing anything or having any fun. As a matter of fact, in your budget, I tell people you've got to have an entertainment fund. You've got to have some mad money somewhere. So if you want to go out, if you want to go shopping, if you want to take a vacation, the money is there and you don't have to upset something else of a higher priority in order to make it happen. Well, that just sounds like really great advice because I can see how important it is. I know that once I really kind of got into that habit for myself, 
it really mm-hmm. is kind of automatic. And I don't think about it, you know, the money goes into the retirement plans, the money goes into the kids' savings account, kids' college savings account, the money goes into my own personal savings account, and that happens automatically. There's nothing I have to do. And so mm-hmm. the money is gone, and I think of any money that is left that I haven't really accounted for is my money to spend in any way that I want. If I want to fix up my house, then I can fix up my house, or if I want to get my hair done, get my nails done, or whatever, any of those sorts of things, I feel comfortable knowing that I've already made the commitments to my priorities automatically, mm-hmm. and then anything else that I want to kind of take care of, I just go ahead and take care of. Oh, yes. It's an excellent way to do things and to keep yourself out of trouble. (laughs) It does keep you out of trouble. You know, I've been in trouble before, so I know that it was something that became very, very important to me. So, Janae, is there anything else that you would like to add to this conversation? It's been an excellent conversation, and I can see that people will get a lot of value out of it. But uh, there's always good stuff, and that that means you probably got some more good stuff. So anything else you want to share with the listeners? Yeah, just to... Write down your priorities. Try to determine what's the difference between what you need versus what you want, and be honest with yourself. I think if you're if you're honest with yourself and with what you're dealing with and what you're doing with your money, you'll begin to make better decisions. All right. Well, thank you very much. Again, I have Janae Sasso of Faithful Assistance Online Empowerment Center. Yes. And the host of Protect the American Dream on the line. Thank you very much for your time today, Janae, and I'm looking forward to having you on again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the College Experts Talk podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next podcast where we will continue to legally share college insider information with parents and students from the insiders themselves. For more information and to instantly download your free copy of the College Funding Resources Report titled Five Strategies That Parents Need to Start Using Today to Cut Their College Costs Tomorrow, visit www.collegefundingresource.com. That's www.collegefundingresource.com. This is Mike Elmore for the College Experts Talk Podcast.